I have come to lead you to the other shore, into eternal darkness, into fire, and into ice. Welcome to St. Paxton, a narrative real play podcast created by friends to explore humanity and endure horror. A world where you can try anything. Hey everyone, welcome back to St. Paxton. I am your Game Master, Veronica, and I'm really, really excited to be here today. Hey everyone, it's me, Mike Lane, and I'm playing, yet again, Todd B. The B is for Bartlett. <laughs> In case you forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Steph, and I'm playing Clara Carter. And my name is Fred, and I am playing Edward Worthington III. Edward, you feel this horrendous pain in just a flash. And then the pain is gone. And you feel very, very cold. Your eyes are closed. And your toes and fingers feel tingly numb. Let me know what you do. I will first open my eyes. You open your eyes and you see an area that's very familiar to you. It looks like the patio outside of Malsado Lago. But everything looks crisp white, like it's all been painted white. And there's a hazy cloud that's sort of all around you. I start to try to wiggle my toes and my fingers to see if I can move them. Your fingers and toes begin to move. I'll sit up. As you sit up, you hear this like crunching noise and you look down at your abdomen and you see that this kind of covering of ice is cracking beneath the pressure of the folding up of your body. And you see that your entire self has just been encased, entombed in this ice covering. Is there snow and ice around me or is it, is it just covering me? When you look around you, you see several little portals next to you. They look like pillars, almost. So as you think of yourself as sitting up, you're mostly just leaning over and you see that there are maybe 12 pillars to your right and there are no pillars to your left. They are all of this like really thick marble stone. Totally white with just a little bit of gray variation. That I would assume is just a part of the natural architecture of Masalto Lago? Yes. Do I recall how I got here? 
As you start trying to think of how you got here, you remember the events that took place at Jonathan Crandall's house. And you feel in your hand something small. I open my hand. When you open your hand, you see the amulet. And you feel this heavy pressure. And then you hear this sound, this crying. And then there's just this sucking sensation, a crystallization that sounds like if you could hear ice freezing really quickly, that's what it would sound like. And then you look beside you to the right and you see the shape of Clara, but she is completely ice all the way through. There's no color to her. There's nothing there. You just see a statue of ice that looks just like Clara the last time that you saw her. So it's not that she's encased in ice. She is made of ice. Yes. Like an ice sculpture. I put the amulet in my pocket and I try to stand up so that I could go towards her. You do so and you feel... A lot of your muscles are kind of sore and of course, I mean, you've just been encased in ice for a long time, so you feel numb in certain areas of your body, but you're able to, after a few minutes, kind of warm up your muscles and walk over and you're facing Clara's statue. I want to explore that sensation, the sensation of being encased in ice for a long time is is that something i'm familiar with it has that happened before you don't have a memory of this happening to you before but as a medical practitioner as would i feel like that would be something normal of course not right like why would i be encased in ice If you're looking at it from a medical standpoint, this is what it would feel like if perhaps you were one of those people who went out to like the polar, you know, a glacial pool and went in for a few minutes and then came back out. Okay. I will walk towards Clara and I'm going to try to see if there's any sign of her, the person within this statue. As you get in front of her, and even as you're taking your last few steps to stand in front of her, you see this blinking in and out. And then in the middle, instead of it being solid ice, you see someone there just kind of encased in ice and then not, it goes right back to solid ice. And then she appears again and she just keeps blinking like a broken light bulb. I cautiously touch her shoulder or, you know, try to see if I can will her to show up. I'm, I'm confused at what I'm seeing right now. Clara. You hold the amulet in your hand and you feel so terribly sad and confused 
and you hear a voice behind you that says, your sorrow to pain. And you get really scared and you start blinking in and out, blinking in and out. And while you are invisible, you are snapped right in half. And you feel the sensation of your lower body just not being a part of you anymore and you feel the incredibly eerie sensation of your entrails just plopping out of you and you can't feel sad anymore all you feel is terror and then you feel another bite as something crunches through your rib cage and your body mercifully goes into shock and you don't feel as this creature bites through your neck and then sucks your head into its maw. You don't feel as it grinds your skull into tiny fragments, savoring the brain matter. You don't feel any of that. But you do feel a rushing sensation of your consciousness as you slip away from Jonathan Crandall's house and you see Todd standing there scared and he takes a step or two towards you and then you see the thing the thing that ate you it's reptilian legs it's furry back it's long tail like an alligator the writhing tentacles around its stomach and it's lamprey-like mouth in the center of its abdomen. And you watch as it crawls up and onto the ceiling and you can see its mouth, the teeth circling around and around as it gets closer and closer to Todd. And then you feel the sensation of Edward's face being right in front of you. And you don't know whether you're supposed to stay here or go there. And you see Bellamy outside of the house and Edward, you see Clara's face, this statue, this sculpture of ice, open its mouth, its neck stretches probably 18 inches off of its shoulders and it screams and the head turns and it screams the other way and its arms start flailing about and you watch as Clara's eyes just get bigger and bigger and then one of those eyes just pops out rolling across the floor and then you see Clara encased in ice blood dripping from her eye. Did did I see her form that is encased in ice 
stretch and that happen or is it like I'm seeing something from the past while she is still encased in ice in front of me you only see the ice sculpture as it stretches in front of you making a very distinct crackling sound so each time her head would jut and turn around you would hear this really upsetting crunching ice sound I fall backwards recoiling in horror at what I just saw and I'm kind of shuffling back on my you know bottom and with my legs and and I'm looking at this statue of Clara is it back to normal other than the fact that she is missing an eye and is bleeding out of that eye it is back to normal it has normal proportions and it is not moving but is still encased in ice is still encased in ice yes I start rubbing my eyes and I look up again and after not seeing a change, I'll stand up and gingerly approach the statue again. Clara, you feel this cold sensation, especially around your shoulders, and you you see Edward in this place. You can see everything. And Edward, as she starts looking around, you see her one eye just scanning the room side to side, up and down, just trying to figure out where she is. Clara, is that you? Are you in there? Hey. And I place my arms on her ice shoulders and I'm trying to figure out what I can do to get her out of this. Can I try to raise my arm to reach for him? You do. You raise your arm and reach for him, and you feel this terrible sensation of using your muscles in in a way that you haven't used them in a really long time. Um, And they're extremely cold and painful. Everything just feels like needles when you move, but it doesn't prohibit your movement. I'd like to try to speak to call out his name. As she says your name, you see and you hear the ice crack around her face. Clara, just move your body. Try to will your muscles back. You you need to break this ice off of you. And I'm, a, I'm afraid if I try to help, I might injure you. And I'll try to start stretching my arms out and w- wiggling my toes. And... You notice that when you do this, you feel the sensation of something leaving your palm the last time that you remember being conscious you were holding something in your hand but that item is no longer with you but you felt it just seconds ago and now it's gone I'll look and see if something dropped from my hand or you look down and there's nothing do I remember grabbing the amulet after Edward disappeared? You do. Okay. 
Todd. You know that sensation when you feel like you're being watched? As a skilled outdoorsman, you know the excitement of when you've gotten really close to get a good shot, to take down something that you've been tracking for some time, but you've never really known what it was like to be on the other side. And you feel the most natural and just the basest fear inside of all of us. And you are unsure. You have no idea if it's fight or flight for you. And this conflict causes some kind of terrible reaction in your body. And you look up and you see this monster. And there is no fight. There is no flight. There is only explode. And you do. You Explode, taking yourself out, but maybe taking out this creature as well. You don't remember having felt the sensation of your pelvis and your spine being separated and just scattered. But now you do. You remember having done this at least once before. And you think about what it means to be powerful. And what it means to have this cleansing fire within you. Clara and Edward. You hear this boom and you see the ceiling of this place that you're in vibrate and there is dust white dust that's just falling all over you and you see the entire room filled with shards it looks like a firework made of ice has now suddenly filled the room narrowly missing each of you and it just stays there suspended for a little while and inside each one of these spears and these icicles you see this swirling red fire and the ice begins to melt and you watch as the ice melts these shards 
this firework begins to suck into a formation on the third block. And you see feet begin to form and then legs and knees and thighs and then you see your friend Todd completely formed and not covered in ice he's just wet Todd. As you arrive, you see the patio of Malsado Lago. And then you see walls, four walls shoot up out of the ground, a ceiling overhead. And you don't see a landscape anymore. Edward, in the time it's taken Todd to get here, it seems as though days and days, maybe months or even years, have passed. And in this time, you begin to remember things. You know how you died, but you also remember other things. You remember the results of the election. The election that you know hasn't taken place, but for some reason you have very clear memories of it. You remember deciding to go to medical school. You remember spending a lot of time and energy choosing this new career path and finding mentors to help you. Clara, in the time that it takes Todd to reform, you also have similar memories, but you also have a purple eye patch on. But you remember being voted in as mayor. But the second time, things are strange. And in this time that it's taken Todd to form, you feel something in your left hand. I'll look down at my hand and see what it is. When you look down at your hand, you realize that you're no longer standing in front of Edward. You are sitting in the corner of the room, pretty far away from everyone, and you have this newspaper in your hand. And am I still at Malsado Lago? You are inside a rectangular white box. I'll look down at the newspaper and sort of read it out loud to myself. Carter elected new mayor of St. Paxton. 
Local entrepreneur Clara B. Carter, owner of the wildly popular cabaret on the pier, the Starfire, was shot during what was supposed to be her campaign resignation speech. Surrounded by supporters, Ms. Carter was in the middle of a heartfelt speech acknowledging the hard work of her campaign staff and volunteers and the support of so many of St. Paxton's working-class families and citizens. At 7.33 p.m., a deafening crack was heard and Ms. Carter was seen grasping at her face. According to rally attendee James Luthwig, the lights of the cabaret were set in Ms. Carter's signature purple and pink campaign colors, so it was hard to tell what was happening because of the blood appeared to be a bright purple substance. Initially, I thought it might be part of some performance art piece that Ms. Carter is so so well known for, but when her inner circle surrounded her and lifted her limp body off the stage, I knew it was no act. I just hope she knows we all love and support her. It is unclear if Ms. Carter's injury was the result of gunfire, but hospital spokesperson Alice Mason released a statement indicating that Ms. Carter had survived surgery, but her eye was lost in the process. Ms. Carter remains under the care of world-class neurosurgeon Dr. Mary Mason and team. Ms. Carter's longtime friend, Edward Worthington III, asked that the citizens of St. Paxton continue to keep Ms. Carter in their thoughts. We are all overwhelmed by the tremendous support received from our friends and neighbors, but honestly, it's what we expect from St. Paxton. We've made this place our home, and it's always felt like home due to the warmth and kindness from everyone we've encountered over the years. Mr. Melange spoke to local news radio host Ted Babcock and said, This is all another stunt by Ms. Carter. She's tried things like this before. You all remember the kids in the cave in the deadly theme park she opened as Mayor Pro Tem? No, Ted, I'm afraid it's all smoke and mirrors with Ms. Carter and her lot. The citizens of St. Paxton have thrived under my leadership for two terms, and I hope they'll allow me to serve them for another term. Unfortunately for Mr. Melange, the voters didn't see eye to eye with his vision for St. Paxton anymore. Since Ms. Carter never got the chance to withdraw from the ballot, the voters, either moved by sympathy or Ms. Carter's message of a safer St. Paxton, elected her to office the following Wednesday. Sources close to Ms. Carter report that when she heard the news, she was moved to tears. Ms. Carter is scheduled to speak on the front steps of City Hall on Friday, March 13th at 11 a.m. Do the events in the newspaper feel like memories to me? Yes, they feel like very strong memories. But you're... You're pulled in another direction. And you are wrestling with this concept of two concurrent realities. So Clara was reading this out loud to herself. Do any of you listen to this? So we are in the room with her. Yeah. And it's a pretty small room. I would say maybe 14 by nine. You still have all 12 slabs in there the pillars that you spoke of earlier yes do i feel like this room is supernatural like are we not familiar with this room or are we just inside a room in malsato lago you are inside of a place that you've never seen before you might assume that you are on the grounds of malsato lago are are there standard entrances and exits and stuff or is it just kind of more of a 
feeling. There are no entrances and there are no exits. There are no windows. There's nothing there. If she's reading the article out loud, I'll definitely be listening. But more curiously, I look at Todd as he's there with us. Yes. And when I look back at Clara, does she just have like a gaping hole in one of her eye sockets or is she wearing an eye patch? She's wearing an eye patch. Are the clothing that we are wearing the same from my memories of what happened previously or are we dressed differently? So Clara is in this kind of business suit. So it's a nice tailored suit. She has these kind of wild and crazy colors in her hair, but she looks extremely professional. She also has a variety of tattoos that you've never seen before. Todd is wearing a pretty standard suit. And you are wearing dark blue scrubs. Do I still have a scar on my cheek? The symbol? You don't have a scar. You do have a really interesting tattoo across your face. It kind of looks like some sort of foliage. Is that where the symbol was? Yes. Okay. Claret, did you just say that you're the mayor? Yes. Well, it makes sense. Especially after all of that. What do you mean it makes sense, Todd? I, I can't make sense of any of this. You you weren't listening? Well, yes, yes, I, I was, but... Wait, so... Melange was mayor for two terms already, and... Ugh. Clara just won? Yes. But also... Uh, other memories, too? Something appears on the wall of one of the shorter walls. So you can designate your own north or south. You have no idea at this point which is north and which is south. But something appears on the wall. I'll go over and take a look at it. It is a calendar. March 11. And you watch as an X slashes through the 11. And then it disappears. Clara, are you ready for your speech? I mean, you look ready. I I don't even know where we are or how we'll get there. What? What speech? Uh, where where are we? 
Um. I. Yeah, I don't remember coming here. I remember some pretty dark stuff before this. None of you have actually tried to get out of this room. You only know that there are no clear doors and no clear windows. Todd, Clara, what, what's the last thing you remember? I Wait, where's Bellamy? When you say Bellamy's name, you all hear this crack of the ice on the fourth pillar. And you see Bellamy, or the shape of Bellamy, sculpted from ice. Todd, you have a very clear understanding of what has happened, because in a way, you chose your fate. And you were able to select following your friends and hopefully saving whatever it whatever was attacking you from attacking others and you come to this realization that whatever life you were leading before is gone you died and now you're alive again but you don't really know when you're alive but you know that in order to be alive together Everybody's got to come out of the ice. Listen, um, I think we, we got here in, in not such a great manner, but I really think we need to get Bellamy here. From where? I'm... And where's here? (laughs) Not entirely sure. But... uh, It just... It feels wrong. If she was here, it would feel right. Why wouldn't we want her here? What, What are you trying to say? Where is she? As Edward says, where is she? A smaller console juts out of the floor and tilts up slightly to face all of you. And you see as this piece of ice gets wet and you watch Bellamy. You see her as the house explodes and you watch as her body is thrown back past the sidewalk and you watch as this huge beam is crushing her her leg and she's just watching the fire and her eyes are just completely pooled with tears. Wait. Does... 
That explosion, that's... We were just there with her. What does that mean for us? Uh... I'm not really sure. But I have a hunch. A hunch? What what do you mean? I don't know. I I uh remember that that thing? I don't know know if you saw it, but I saw it very, very clearly, and I I I didn't I didn't want it to to do what it did to you and you to anyone else and something just clicked and uh, <laughs> I don't know I okay that, so that by the thing you mean that uh, horrible monster that yeah and by clicked you mean the stove in the kitchen and the gas exploded somehow Edward you place your hand on the console and it's slippery and it kind of slips to one side and you watch as this scene before you kind of rewinds and you watch as Todd looks up sees the monster closes his eyes and explodes you see the source holy shit wait you exploded yeah yeah Wait, but... What? (laughs) It made you explode, or... No, I don't... I don't know how to explain it. It was just... You know, know, what you tried to do with the amulet... You know, you just... You have a feeling that it's gonna work out, you know? You just... You have that feeling. You you just... You do things, and... You always do them right, and I, I I don't know, maybe... Maybe it went wrong. Uh, it just went differently for me, and <laughs> like turning invisible. Oh shit! You got explosion powers? Uh, I well. Wait a minute. I heal really good, but you can explode. I mean, honestly, at this point, I'd take healing. I, I mean, with, you know, the whole eye thing. I did it like once and it kind of cost me. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I, I felt it. I, I felt me. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't really want to think about that anymore. Huh. I just... Um, I have so many questions. Yeah, like what did it feel like? Uh... Maybe I'll 
provide you some more data on that another time. Uh, just, but what? I I didn't I didn't mean to hurt her. I I just meant to take out it. Is she okay? I I don't know. You kind of rewound it, Edward. Can we fast forward and see if she's okay? I'll move my hand in the other direction. You move your hand in the other direction, and you, Edward, and especially you, Clara, you immediately see someone that you recognize. It's that guy from the town hall, Nicholas Watley. And he walks over, out of the burning house, over to Bellamy. And he lifts up this huge beam all by himself, off of her leg, and then he leans down to talk to her. And then he walks away. He hands something to her and then walks away. You watch as Bellamy just lays there. And then you see some fire fighters just kind of come up and start looking through the wreckage and trying to find the source of this fire. But there's just some burning embers. I mean, it, it's, it was over in an instant because the thing that was on fire is now completely gone. So, we died. Uh, yeah, that would make sense with what I remember. Um, how about you all rule sanity? D-100? D-100. 26. I, I got 53, so I'm okay. I rolled a 75. What is your sanity? 65. You can certainly use luck to reduce that if you want, or you can take some damage. Can we explore that a little bit? So for listeners, we have changed our system. We are playing Pulp Cthulhu. This is Chaosium... 7th edition Call of Cthulhu and this is the Pulp Cthulhu edition. Okay, so Fred, with sanity, what happens is if you fail a sanity roll, we are going to have a real-time sanity effect that goes in effect right away. And then we also have this lingering latent sanity effect. So it may not happen right now. However, At a moment of my choosing, you may find yourself remembering this moment of being disturbed and have to act out on that. Obviously, we are aware of different supernatural things, but I think for me, I had come very reliant on the fact that I was kind of impervious of dying i 
had gotten out of so many things before. So I think realizing that I have died and somehow am still here, I think I wouldn't use luck to recover from my sanity. I think it's going to hit me pretty hard. So um, I will take my sanity. Okay. Edward, you are a person of extraordinary health and fitness. You are a person that has evaded death time and time again. And the one time that you stand up and use a creature's amulet against it that's how you die from a low back injury this cannot stand and for the next three rounds you are in a complete blind rage taking it out on anything, anyone around you, you are violent and destructive. My hand will just swipe across the screen in the same fast forward direction. And then I'll immediately look at Todd and look at Todd as the catalyst, the reason um, that I and the rest of us have died. You know, his carelessness in sticking his hand into that scroll triggered a series of events that summoned that horrific creature. And I lunge at Todd and try to tackle him to the ground. Todd, roll dodge. And Edward, you are going to be rolling fighting brawl. Uh, 42. Uh, unfortunately, my fighting brawl is 25. Okay. That is a 40, which is over 35. Do you want to use five points of luck to make that a success? Nah, I'll let this play out. Edward... Tell me and our listeners how you tackle Todd to the ground. I think I'm blind with rage to the point where I probably even have like tears uh, a little bit in my eyes. And I, I will just use, you know, my past as an athlete and I will just spear Todd as we both hurtle to the ground. So shoulder into the gut, wrapped arms around the hip take him to the ground, and then I try to put myself in a position to where I can overpower him and maybe strike him as I tower over him. You are able to strike him? Would you like me to roll unarmed damage? Yes, please. I rolled a two on the six, so that's a one, and then I rolled a four on my die four, so that is five points of damage. Five points to your hit points. Okay. Clara, so this has all happened. Is there anything that you're doing? 
When I see that, I'm just shocked for a second, and then I'm gonna cry out, Edward, what the hell? What are you doing? And if he's still attacking Todd, I want to try to pull him off of him. You will need to get into this brawl, so you can roll a fighting brawl against Edward. Does Edward respond at all when I shout? He does not. He's in a blind rage. Okay. No. You're not going to be able to diplomacy your way out of this. Yeah, if I don't see him letting up at all, I want to try to come up behind him and pull him off of Todd. He is just punch after punch after punch in Todd's face. And Todd is just, I mean, blood is splattering across the white floor. So I want to kind of come up behind him and like wrap my arms around him and try to use my body weight to pull him back. Okay, roll fighting brawl. Okay. That's an 82. And my fighting brawl is a 50. You get up behind Edward and you try to pull him off of Todd and Edward just takes his elbow and elbows you in the gut pushing you several feet back Edward let me know what you do that was round one well considering that I'm in a blind rage and and not in control of my actions I feel like any distraction would avert my attention unfortunately i think i would go after clara at this point who tried to grab me from behind i'll get up off of todd for the time being and set my sights on clara and uh i will attack clara okay roll fighting brawl Uh, 78. Clara, you need to roll a dodge. Okay. 75. And my dodge is 35. Okay. You watch as he kind of like crawls towards you, but he's just, he's slipping on some of Todd's blood and he just can't make it over to you. He kind of like falls right in front of you and you feel him as he like pounds against your legs and feet, but you don't take any damage. You're able to very quickly back up. Todd, is there anything you want to do? Since he's laying, well, he's like crawling on the ground. I would just like to try to restrain him. Okay. You can try anything. Is that a fight brawl? Yeah. That's 22, and my stat is 25. Todd, you probably weigh approximately the same amount as Edward, but he is more just total muscle and you have a lot of extra weight on top of you and so you just kind of barrel towards him and pin him to the ground edward you feel your face just being pressed in to the cold marble floor but you can't get up 
since I'm being pinned down, mm -hmm. you can use a strength or a dex, and you will need to. It's a. He's got you pinned down pretty hard, so you're going to need to get half of either your strength or dex. Okay, I'll accept that. Um, with my background, I would probably have. Uh, some type of wrestling experience. So I'll use my dexterity to try to turn the tide on Todd and I will wriggle out and then pin him in the same move. H half of my dexterity is 42 and I roll a 19. Okay. Todd, you feel the tide shift as Edward hooks his leg around yours pushes up with his left arm and then deftly spins around and pins you to the ground. His face is bloody with your blood and you watch as he just pants and heaves over you having released himself from your hold. Clara. So Edward has Todd pinned down. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I know Edward is stronger than me, so I'm not likely to be able to hold him. Yeah, I'll try to roundhouse kick him. To be clear, I'm aiming for the back of his head, not his face. I'm not trying to, like, fuck him up. Roll your fighting brawl. 76. And you have 50? Is that right? 50. Um, I'll spend 26 luck. Edward, you hear this running and you look up and you see as her leg lifts up off the floor and just swipes across the back of your head. And then she turns around and sees that you're still up. And then she pulls her leg up and crashes it back down on the back of your head, throwing your head into Todd's shoulder. And the last thing you remember is darkness. As everything just gets really, really fuzzy around you. And you blackout and that's where we're going to call it wow we literally <laughs> didn't move an inch <laughs> <laughs> well I like how my decision not to spend 10 luck points to like avoid sanity created her to spend 26 luck points to knock out an enraged Edward I mean what do I need luck for <laughs> What's what is the, what's the good of having luck if yeah. you don't use it? I mean, might as well spend it. I'm all out of luck. <laughs> Sorry. Um, oh, okay, I, it seemed important. <laughs> it it sure did. Also, that was his last round of rage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't want to say anything, Clara but didn't that know was that. round three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All clarity was attacking like crazy. Uh, yeah. I definitely want to take a knee, though. I have so many comments. Yes, I yes. have a lot of things to say. <laughs> <Failing> fears. <laughs>
This episode was edited by Rob Anderson, the musician who made The Lounge, our opening and closing theme. Find him on Twitter, at PotentiallyRob. This episode was produced by Hiroshi, and you can find him at Maybe Hiroshi. You can find the rest of the crew on Twitter as well. V is at TypicalVeronica. Mike is at OneGamingLane. Fred is at I Think I'm Fred. Steph is at Starlit Firefly. And you can find me at Definitely Stacy. As always, you can follow the show at CAF Podcast and find a permanent link to the Discord in our bio. Want to take a look at the clues, information, or photos the cast stumbled upon during recording? Head on over to our website at www.cafpodcast.com and click on the link labeled The Show at the top of the screen. If you want to help support the show, please share us with your friends on your preferred social media and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. You can also back us on Patreon by going to www.patreon.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, you should check out some of the other Geekly Inc. shows, such as Greetings Adventurers, Brute Force, or Dear Internet. Oh, hey, are you still listening to the episode? Oh, thank goodness. This is Steph, by the way. I just wanted to say thank you to the people who support us on Patreon. They're great. Especially Jan Fieseler. Jan, you are so awesome, and we are so glad to have your support. Thank you so much.